When it comes to telescopes, bigger is better. That's true down here on Earth, and it's especially true out in space. As astronomers and engineers design the next generation of giant space telescopes, they're running up against the limits of current launch providers. There are only so many ways you can fold a huge telescope to get it to fit inside a five meter launch fairing. The upcoming James Webb Space Telescope is pretty much the very limit of what you can construct on Earth and put into space in a single launch. To go bigger, space agencies will need to consider assembling their next generation space telescopes in space. When the Hubble Space Telescope was launched in 1990, it was carried to space on board the Space Shuttle Discovery. Many of the capabilities of the telescope, including its 2.4 meter mirror, were designed around what would fit inside the shuttle's cargo bay. The largest telescope aperture ever launched into space was the European Space Agency's Herschel Infrared Observatory and its 3.5 meter primary mirror. With all its instruments and wraparound solar panels, Herschel just barely fit inside the 4.6 meter launch fairing of its Ariane 5 ECA launch vehicle. As engineers designed the next generation James Webb Space Telescope with its 6.5 meter mirror and tennis court sized sunshield, they needed to embrace the art of origami to get the entire telescope to fit inside a single Ariane 5 rocket. When James Webb deploys from its launch fairing and unfurls itself at its final Sun-Earth L2 Lagrange point home, it will undergo an enormously complicated transformation. The telescope will undergo 20 deployment events, each of which has to go perfectly, one after the other. 40 different structures, including its sunshield and main mirror, will need to be deployed, there are 178 separate release mechanisms which need to work perfectly. There's no do-over, and if anything happens during this deployment, there's no way to fix it. We're nearing the time of the next decadal survey, where astronomers, astrophysicists, and engineers come together to work out their wish list of future science goals. What are the biggest outstanding questions in astronomy? What are the instruments, experiments, and observatories that'll best help provide answers? Whatever they decide, the next generation will bring larger telescopes. Whether it's a full-spectrum observatory like Louvoir, which can follow in the footsteps of Hubble with a vastly larger main mirror, a habitable exoplanet hunting specialist like Habex, or the advanced X-ray observatory like Lynx, these things are going to be big. No amount of origami will make them fit inside a 5-meter fairing. They won't even fit easily inside a SpaceX Starship. Maybe this next generation of space telescopes will need to be assembled in space. As Hubble nears the end of its life, and we prepare for the launch of James Webb and WFIRST, scientists and engineers are considering space-based construction methods for the telescopes that come after. In May 2018, NASA charted a study in the construction of space telescopes while they're in space. The technique is called in-space assembly. They asked themselves the question, since telescopes are getting bigger and bigger, eventually too big to fit inside a launch fairing, when will it be worth assembling space telescopes in space rather than building them on Earth and deploying them autonomously from single launch vehicles? 
Their study involved dozens of participants from NASA centers, private companies, government agencies, and universities with expertise in rendezvous and proximity operations, robotics, telescope optics, structures, instruments, launch vehicles, and orbital dynamics. The basics of in-space assembly have been developed over decades with various missions during the Gemini and Apollo eras, as well as the Soviet missions like Mir. But the best example, of course, is the International Space Station, which was assembled piece by piece over the course of more than 30 separate missions. The first piece launched was the Russian Zarya module, which was attached to the US Unity module. Over the next two decades, many more space shuttles as well as cargo launches from the United States, Russia, Europe and Japan continued to add modules to the station. Astronauts worked in tandem with various remotely operated robotic arms to attach the modules together to the huge space station we see today. Although construction has been successful, it wasn't always smooth. Modules were delayed technical problems needed to be overcome. Aging hardware was swapped out for more modern versions. Another compelling example is the Hubble Space Telescope, which is a much better telescope today than it was when it was first launched. Over the decades, astronauts refueled, repaired and upgraded its science instruments with more advanced counterparts. Although ISS and Hubble were worked on by humans, robots play a big role in the ongoing maintenance of ISS. SpaceX Dragon capsules carrying supplies automatically dock with the station's Canada Arm 2 robotic arm. The arm then moves the capsule to an open berthing port on the station. In order to answer the question, when does in-space assembly make sense, the team designed an example mega-space telescope, and then compared how that mission might have gone with space-based assembly, and then compared it to the traditional method of telescope construction on the ground. And this telescope Sounds pretty sweet. Unlike James Webb, this would be a follow on mission to Hubble capable of seeing a wide array of wavelengths from infrared through visible and into the ultraviolet. They considered telescopes as small as five meters, twice the diameter of Hubble, and then up to 20 meters, which would be too large for any existing launch vehicle. This mission would be sent to the Sun Earth L2 Lagrange point and have the capability of observing exoplanets using a coronagraph to block the light from their stars. They assumed that each component would need to fit within a 5 meter class launch vehicle fairing, like a Falcon Heavy, Ariane 6, or United Launch Alliance Vulcan rocket. Now I'm going to talk about the biggest version here because of course I am. Their final design was an off-axis 20 meter telescope made up of several major components like structural trusses, telescope mirror segments, solar panels, sunshades, and modules containing instruments and other electronics. The first launch would be the spacecraft bus, which would contain most of its electronics, power generation, as well as multiple robotic arms. It would be launched into an assembly orbit that would allow it to shift to the Sun-Earth L2 Lagrange point with very little propellant once assembly was complete. Then additional modules would be launched into the same orbit and captured by the spacecraft bus. It would use its arm to assemble the telescope piece by piece, building the backplane, deploying the sunshade, assembling the primary mirror from smaller hexagonal pieces, aligning the secondary mirror, and installing the various science instruments. Once it was fully assembled, the telescope would be shifted to its new L2 position where it would begin delivering data from a 20 meter space telescope. So what conclusions did they reach? When does it make sense to shift in space assembly? I'll get to that in a second, but first I'd like to thank Uncle Vinny, Aisha Williams, 
Stephen Fleetwood, Daryl Sprecher, and the rest of our 831 patrons for their generous support. Instead of sponsors, we have patrons. This gives us the freedom to tackle topics that make us curious. And you could be a part of this. Join our community at patreon.com universe today, and you'll see our videos early as well as bloopers and behind the scenes videos. As I mentioned earlier in the video, the purpose of the study was to figure out when in space construction of space telescopes is the right path to take. And their conclusion was, now's fine. Although there are a few technological challenges that still need to be overcome, much of the work has already been done. The Hubble servicing missions showed that a space-based telescope can be repaired and upgraded. Even parts that were never intended to be serviced in space were successfully worked on. The construction of the International Space Station showed that a spacecraft's individual components can be built down on Earth and then assembled in space. Although most of the work was done by human astronauts and cosmonauts, the precision automated docking by cargo spacecraft and use of the robotic arms shows what's now routine. By breaking up the telescope into smaller pieces, NASA might actually be able to save costs on many elements. In order to make James Webb fit into its launch fairing, engineers had to build complicated multi-stage release mechanisms out of the lightest possible materials. And if you've ever bought lightweight hiking gear, you know it gets expensive quick. In a super heavy launch vehicle, the largest possible folded space telescope is about 15 meters across. With a space assembled telescope, there's no practical limit. Since the telescope is assembled in space, it should be relatively straightforward to continue servicing it, swapping out instruments when new technology is developed, or fixing failed reaction wheels. If the telescope runs out of fuel for station keeping, just send up a tanker to refuel it and enjoy another few decades of service. Once the robotic arm completes the construction of the telescope, it can just go into hibernation, waiting for a new mission to repair, upgrade, refuel, or service the spacecraft. Rockets still fail from time to time, and if one does, you don't lose your entire telescope. A replacement part can be built and launched with a quicker time frame. According to the researchers, there aren't any showstoppers to start assembling telescopes in space. They were relieved to find that it doesn't violate the laws of physics. Whew. Overall, they found that space-assembled telescopes are competitive in costs with single launch observatories. And for the biggest telescopes, there are no other options. They're not completely ready to fly, however. NASA still needs to develop modular elements as well as in-space verification and validation. In the end, they concluded that even telescopes as small as 5 meters may benefit from in-space assembly. And when you consider future servicing missions, the benefits are even more important. When James Webb and W first finally lift off, they could mark the end of an era. The last time that giant telescopes were built on the ground and then sent to space in a single launch. Future telescopes could be built in pieces and then assembled in space, getting bigger and better over time as the technology advances. And this isn't a question of if, it's a matter of when. What do you think? Let me know your thoughts in the comments. Here are the names of the patrons who support us at the $10 level and more. Want to see your name here and support the work we do? Go to patreon.com universe today. Once a week, I gather up all my space news into a single email newsletter and I send it out. It's got pictures, brief highlights about the story, and links you can find out more. Go to universetoday.com newsletter to sign up. And did you know that all of my videos are also available in a handy audio podcast format? So you can have the latest episodes as well as special bonus material like interviews with me, 
show up on your audio device. Go to universetoday.com audio or search for Universe Today on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll put a link in the show notes. There's another technology in the works that will accelerate the construction of space telescopes even more, in-space manufacturing. There's an upcoming mission called Arconaut 1 that's going to 3D print its own solar panel trusses while it's in space. You can watch that video here.